Welcome to the voice of MPE, the official podcast of Merchant Payments Ecosystem, Europe's largest merchant payments conference. Today, we're at the 15th annual MPE conference, MPE 2022. In these podcast series, we bring you interviews with payments industry leaders and professionals from the entire world. For more information, head over to www.merchantpaymentsecosystem.com. In this episode, we'll talk about the impact payment technology has on the climate change and discuss the importance of environmental conscience with your host, Rogier Rupe van der Voort. Hello, my name is Rogier. Uh, I'm the CEO of a company called PCN, and we do uh, headhunting and recruitment service specifically for the uh, fintech space. We are here today in Berlin at the MPE uh, 2022 conference, doing a special podcast with MPE speakers with next to me, Ralph Gladys. Thanks, Rogier, for the invitation. I'm CEO and founder of uh, Computop, the payment people. We hold 38% of the e-commerce payment market in Germany, but we're also active in the UK, in the US, and in China, helping merchants and banks with payment systems uh, all over the world. Great. Good to have you, Ralph. On my right side is... Hi, I'm Dan, Dan Graf from Earthchain. Earthchain is a startup which helps consumers to lower their carbon emissions. And we do that in partnership with their merchants and with their banks. So we leverage payments data to help save the planet. Oh, exciting to have you here both. And we're going to talk today about the positive impact that payments can have on on climate change, right? Protecting the environment means so many things, right? But let's talk about protecting our employees, talking about protecting our friends, their families. So Dan, question to you. How do you see payments technology having a meaningful impact on climate change? Well, I feel that the data behind payments is the really interesting part. Because if you look at that data from the perspective of a bank, when considering an individual consumer, you have a 360 degree view of where they're spending their money, with which retailers, how much they're spending. And if you can pass that through some kind of analytics, you can gain some insights into their climate habits as well. So how much are they spending on flights? How much are they spending in certain merchants compared to other merchants? That's fantastic and it's useful, Mm -hmm. but even better is to work together with the merchants because then you can look at what people are putting into their shopping baskets. Now, the natural part where the interaction happens is at the payment. It's where the customer meets the point of sale where this digital data interaction can happen. And that's the place where you can put this sort of intelligence. So you have the, basically what you do is you map out what the consumer is spending where, and then how can you, are you changing the behavior of consumers or can you influence the behavior which will then have a positive impact? Or can you as a merchant decide, okay, well, maybe we should invest more in educating our our consumers or how can you use that data then to the advantage of, of climate change? Well, you've used loads of the actual use cases. It is about changing behavior. The goal is this, okay? Now, We've attempted to, as a fix, climate mm-hmm. change top down so far. So we've had our Kyoto, we've had our Paris agreements, and they've been implemented by governments, NGOs from the top down. And unfortunately, actually, they've had very little tangible effect. If you look at the CO2 in the atmosphere over the last years, since 1990, it's a flat line going straight up. It hasn't changed. There was a little dip during the pandemic, which shows that consumers can have an effect if they slow down. My take is that we should be doing this bottom-up, the other way around. So, you know, the sort of classic Keynesian economics of supply and demand. What if you could engineer demand for greener products and greener services? What if you could flip it on its head and have people demand this from their banks and demand this from their retailers the other way around? And this 
meets those companies in the middle because banks have ESG strategies to implement. Retailers, for example, the UK supermarkets have pledged to reduce their own emissions and to help to reduce their customers' emissions. They pledged that at COP26 in Glasgow, but they don't have the tools to do it. So if you can meet in the middle and engineer demand from consumers for greener products and services, then you're helping those retailers to move into the sectors which help them to fulfill those pledges that they've made. So it is absolutely about education. It's about positive nudging, reinforcement of good behavior, incentivization of good behavior. Imagine that you were a huge fan of buying beef burgers and your supermarket noticed that you are a prime candidate to try the alternative product that's plant-based. Well, they could tell you based on these carbon analytics, they could say, okay, look, you could reduce your weekly carbon footprint by five kilos, try this plant product, and you can get it for 50% off because it's the first time you've bought it. And you can educate and move people in the right direction. It's interesting. So you change behavior indeed by giving insights, again, back to data insights, as you said initially, to the consumer as well and saying, look, this is basically what you are doing or what the impact is on climate change with whatever it is you're buying or whatever it is you're doing. So exactly. That's really cool. But there was a superb example. In Norway, there's a supermarket called Oda. And during the pandemic, they tried an experiment. They started to print carbon data on the receipt that every customer was given after their shop. And without doing any more than that, it started to have an effect. Their sales of plant-based meat alternatives increased by over 80% during that experiment. Wow, that's significant, right? It makes a huge difference. So there's a lot of stuff in there, which I think is interesting to talk about. Maybe first over to you, uh, Ralph, how do you personally see that? Is it indeed data insights that you give or how are you at CompuTop having a positive impact on, on climate change as a company? First of all, I love the idea of using payment data for analytics and then helping merchants and consumers to understand how they can improve their behavior to help avoiding the climate change. Yeah, That's a great thing. However, you mentioned technology in the first place and I wouldn't think that the technology actually, except for the data, then I agree, that the technology could actually help, but our industry can. Because at Computer, for example, we work for many very large enterprises and they have sustainability goals. They have also goals for carbon reduction and we are within their supply chain. So we have to play our role as PSPs, not only Computop, but the whole industry, the acquirers, other PSPs, the issuers, to really make sure that a merchant can clearly say, I have a carbon-free payments yeah? so that payments is not causing any additional carbon in the climate. Yeah? So that is something our industry has to do and where we have to show responsibility. Uh, and what we do there at CompuTop starts with motivation from the management, but we also have a team in the company. They call themselves the green payment people, and they shoot a lot of ideas at management. Couldn't we have company bikes? Couldn't we have this and that? How about e-cars? Uh, how about charging stations? And then we have to cope with all their ideas. <laughs> and we do. We actually decided for company cars that are e-cars, we decided to provide uh, EV charging stations at the company. And also everyone can have a drop bike if, if they want to, just to give you a few examples what we do. It's interesting what you say there about corporates as well, right? Wanting to have that or reduce their carbon footprint. I think Dan talks about the bottom-up approach. If I, as a consumer, buy something online, I might not be thinking about, okay, if I want to reduce my carbon footprint, 
then why not also do that the payment side of things? But companies like you are basically saying, yeah, well, we can help provide that. And there with making, again, consumers aware and that if consumers go elsewhere, is something what they pay attention to is it having that impact. So I think that's really interesting. There's a lot of good stuff there. Is there certain industries or clients that you serve who you see it happens more than others? Is there certain verticals who are more environmental conscious, let's say, than other ones? Or is it pretty much the same across the board? Or I would say it depends on the size of, of, of the customer, of the size of the company, because if they have their own policies, they re simply require us um, to provide positive behavior on reducing energy consumption and all of that. And so we are happily going with them this way. And that's why we do what we do there. Funny thing, just to tell you a nice story about this. When we did our first carbon annual report, we found out that one of the biggest issue is in our data center. It's coffee. Yes, <laughs> really true. Because coffee travels around the world in order to arrive in our offices in the US, in Europe, in China. And the coffee consumption is number eight on the list of our carbon issues. And then the green payment people came up with the idea of buying coffee that's being sailed in order to not produce so much carbon. That really exists. People who are sailing coffee from South America to Europe, however, we decided at management to not go down that route because if you compensate carbon, yeah, for example, the carbon that comes with the coffee, there are what it's called gold certified projects that also help the people in these countries. So it's not only about reducing carbon, it also is a positive investment in social things, in health, like when you buy um, ovens, yeah to people in Peru, yeah. that, that was one of the projects we support, then uh, there is less smoke in their houses. So they get a better health because they don't breathe all the smoke that comes with a normal fireplace. Yeah? So I said, no sailing of coffee, please we'll compensate <laughs> because a gold standard project can have a positive impact on other things too. Dan, did you know that, that coffee was within companies like Computer for General and organizations? Coffee is one of the most polluted, let's say, for the climate change or for the climate or impact on the, on the carbon? Yeah, it's one of the most carbon intensive products. Uh, we notice that because we do basket level analysis, we go into the products in the basket. So we see the impact of the toilet paper versus the coffee. You know, the interesting thing is if you presented an ordinary consumer with a basket of their shopping, their groceries, and you said, look, make one change to this basket that's going to lower the carbon footprint, most people would do the wrong thing because it's counterintuitive. People don't know this stuff. That's the problem. Education. We need to educate them. Absolutely. Again, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I guess it's coffee, probably spices as well, right? Probably yeah. has a big impact. Yeah, exactly. So the products also, need to travel across the world. Fruit and vegetable that are grown out of season as well. Yeah. It's all good. I can buy UK tomatoes, but you know what our climate's like in the UK? Can you imagine they're good tomatoes? No, they've been done in greenhouses that are heated with kerosene. You know, it's, it's not great. Yeah. Ralph talks about, let's talk a bit more about maybe industries who do it or where you see it, right? E-mobility is one of them. I mean, Ralph is doing it with cars and with having charging stations and stuff like that. So... What is the potential for payments in that e-mobility sector? I think in the e-mobility sector, I would like to see a sort of a consolidation of all the different parts of the journey that you can make under one umbrella. So imagine if I you know, own a Tesla and I park in the car park on the edge of town and I want to get to the shop, I'd like to see a tie-in with a company like Tia, for example, who do the little e-scooters. Yeah. Make that one thing, one payment. 
integrated with what I pay for my charging for the vehicle and I can go all the way into town and all the way back out of town again, you know, make it all sort of one consolidated travel solution, let's say. Ralph, do you agree with that or how do you see, where do you see the biggest potential for payments in the e-mobility space? That's an interesting idea. I, I would say, let's make sure that payment doesn't cause any friction because e-mobility requires motivation of consumers. So we must have, and I know there are a lot of government initiatives all across Europe, we must have enough EV charging stations in the first place. But then again, it comes to the responsibility of the payment industry when we are talking about how payment is being done. Germany, for example, we have a regulation that forces operators to provide post terminals to every EV charging station or card payment possibilities. And uh, that's a very positive thing because it's a trained user behavior to use post terminals. However, there are other ways uh, nowadays uh, QR payments or NFC signals can be used for payments too. The user needs to have choice and the payment industry has to make sure that there is no friction at all. So it's a positive user experience to charge your car. Even more important than it is anywhere else that's frictionless, because I know that frictionless payments has been around for a long time, right? But like you said, e-mobility, people already make an effort. They have to be motivated to do it. So if you then also have to overcome a hurdle of unfrictionless payments, let's say, it might be even more of a steeper hill to climb in that sense. Makes sense. Is there specific companies or initiatives, uh, maybe Ralph, uh, first review, specific companies or initiatives that you see which are very impactful when it comes to climate change? Are there companies that are leading the charge or initiatives that you see coming up now a lot? If that's CompuTop, it's totally fine. But uh, <laughs> what do you see going on? Unfortunately, the size of my company isn't large enough to save the world. However, we are trying to do our best work here. And what I see that gives me hope is that, again, I return to the comment of size. The larger companies, um, you can see that they are making big efforts. I see very positive efforts at Visa and MasterCard talking about our industry, for example. However, um, I don't know what many other in, uh, companies are doing, like um, large acquirers. Yeah? But if I talk to my customers, I would love to be sure that this or that acquirer is carbon-free too. And I have to admit, I'm in this industry since 25 years now, and I don't know. So after this, I'm, I'm going to check out. Yeah? But it should be public. We should know about this. Yeah? And it should be a choice for merchants too, to know, okay, I go with this PSP, I go with that acquirer, then I'm sure I have a carbon-free checkout. Yeah? I wouldn't dare saying who is best at that challenge. I think the most important thing is that we share how we do this, that we know how to reduce our carbon footprint in the whole industry and with all the companies in the industry, and that we make small steps, large and small companies. We should all provide carbon-free payments to our merchants. You don't have to be big, right? It has to start somewhere. Yes. Apple wasn't big when they started and look where they are right now. So <laughs> you never know. Then is there certain companies or initiatives that you see that have a specific positive impact or are you impressed by in general on the, what they do about climate change or reducing carbon footprint? There are at every scale from small to large. I think what is really important is that everybody plays a part in it. We all take part. We all do something. Absolutely. Some of my heroes, let's start at the smaller end, fintechs. There's a company in the UK called Tread. They're a fintech they have issued a debit card and that debit card is connected into 
carbon footprinting, carbon offsetting, supporting projects of the kind that Ralph was discussing earlier that uh, improve conditions for people in certain environments. They're awesome. Absolutely fantastic. Going larger, you've got issuers, for example, or uh, issuing service providers like Enfuse. Yeah. They're doing a similar thing on a much bigger scale. You've got companies like Tito Every. They're issuing cards that are manufactured from plastic that was recycled out of the ocean. So discarded waste plastic, which is pretty cool. So there are many different ways to contribute to reducing the effects of climate change. And I think you don't have to do it perfect. You have to do it. And there's definitely a need for it, right? But why do not more companies do this, you think? Uh, Ralph, you said if you look at customers who say, okay, we also want carbon-free acquirers, is the investment so large? I mean, you have a specific team, right? You audit your whole organization to see where can we improve. I mean, that's maybe even taking it two steps further, but I'm sure that there's even at a, a lower level probably possibilities which don't require that much investment in order to be conscious and, and work on this, right? I think at CompuTop, There are several things that are coming together. One, the management is convinced it's the right way, the right thing to do. Then second, that the employees join the purpose. Plus, we are working for many large companies and that kind of imposes special requirements on us. Yeah? Where in Germany, we cover 38% of the market, but it's about the volume. It's about the large customers and they come uh, with that requirement. If you have another target group like small, medium-sized companies like taxi drivers in this industry, you don't feel the pressure. Yeah. You might have the motivation, but you don't feel the pressure in, in your business. So we do. <laughs> yeah, That may be the difference. But then it should be good enough to know that it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Great. All right. Well, time is up. Thanks for having you both. I think you are sharing stage tomorrow. Is that right? Here at are, that's right. Yeah. So 11.15 tomorrow, we have an hour session. We're both presenting on sustainability in payments and we'll be joined by representatives from MasterCard and Microsoft. And I would like to leave a call for action, if I may. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Because on the one hand, Dan and I are having the talk tomorrow. And on the other hand, I would like to point all of your attention to a project we are supporting in Tanzania. We are supporting a school which is about education. It's sustainable. And the school is suffering for several reasons. So we want to support the students there and to make sure that the school can survive, that it gets solar energy and clean water. We have the Fraunhofer Institute helping us with the solar energy technology. We're training the teacher on solar energy. And then the teachers are going to train the students at the school on solar energy. So they are kind of building the groundwork for the African students to be able uh, to build their own solar energy in the future. Yeah? So that's really cool. You can find it on computop.com slash Tanzania. Great. And that's where people can find more info and support. If they yes. Like. Amazing. All right. Well, thanks both. Good to have you. And thanks everyone for tuning in to this special episode live from the MPE 2022. Have a good rest of the show, or I hope you had a good one by the time you listen to this. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in to the official MPE podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to the show and check out our video interviews with other industry leaders on YouTube. For more content, follow Merchant Payments Ecosystem on LinkedIn and Twitter, read our Positivity magazine, and subscribe to the MPE newsletter at www.merchantpaymentsecosystem.com.